0: and then we can just enjoy the answer together. This Christmas, look with me at Psalm 121, verse 1. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my that he would care to help anyone, or be anyone's help, but why should he, after all? He's not a genie in the obligated to any of us by some greater law. No, God is perfectly free, he's independent. He does whatever he pleases. He's infinite in wisdom and power and goodness. And perhaps explaining why he cares he's also perfect in perfection and grace. The second thing that this teaches us Is it that teaches us a lot about the human, the trusting human, who says these things? To say my help comes from the Lord says a lot about this person. It's no small claim. If it's true that the wise go to the strong for strength, your is both very wise and infinitely strong, as strong as God. We might hesitantly but safely say, a child of God see she or he has the wisdom of the Lord she's backed with the strength of the creator of heaven and earth and so kids here today if you are on God's side if I were a betting man I put all my bets on you over any future opposition you will face he's the best source of resilience parents it's good for us to know that too as we raise children Yes, and from verse 3, this is song of the saints. Some on the way to Jerusalem so that the ancient Israelites would make their pilgrimage. God the helps them to make these invisible realities very practical, trekking up mountains, ravines, they traveling in summer, and other times in winter. Pilgrims in a threatening world, journeying without guards at night, away from the city walls to protect them. And so, reading from verse 3, the Lord will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not suffer. Old Hebrew, Israel, and I'm all I think slumber is a stronger word than sleeping, so it's an argument from the greater to the lesser. Uh, your people, friends, doesn't sleep like a dog What is he in the technicals? He created care for the individual, verse 3, but also corporate before his people, verse 4. Then it was Israel, the nation. Today, it is churches like us, he would see. His care Part time half late. He doesn't fall asleep at our meal. We don't have to worry about a weakness in his care like we might between nurses shifts or the changing of the gala, the new doctor that they're moving to, the, the challenging opportunity that we're facing in the coming year. We need not worry about 2023, but like tomorrow, knowing he's already there. Whether we know it or not, whether we feel it's constant. It's constantly perfect. Yes, we're enriched, we're comforted, we're emboldened if we know and feel this reality. But even our weak perception does not weaken our shepherd's vigilance. There's no way you can fall when you're in this hand. Steady feet verse three, kept vigilantly versus three to four. He's got us. Now many years ago, my team father was asked to babysit for our neighbours for the last time. Uh, the reason why this was the last time, well, it could have been because they went, when they got home from their dinner date, they hadn't thought to take a key with them to get back into their house.
1: And despite them banging on the front
0: door and being on the windows, they couldn't wake my brother. Uh, he was fast asleep on the lounge while they were hanging him by the hour to care for their children. <laughs> His brother's always been blessed with great sleep <laughs> we shared a room for some years and it didn't matter a cup of coffee whatever darkness plus three minutes instead of snoring and then I have to listen now, I love my brother but God isn't mindful in that regard he never stops never sleeps every day every season he's there our every adrenaline rush, our mental health episodes he hasn't gone anywhere and he's always working for under his care. Whatever the outlook, the Psalm 121 uplook, and raise my eyes to the hills, tells us all is well. How powerless the wise recognize themselves to be. We can't keep our lungs working, we can't keep our hearts beating, we can't keep the choices of our children to be good for them, we can't keep our ministries affected here in the church. And notice the repetition of the word keep. Do you think God is trying to tell us something as we look at it this? After the help and the help of verses one and two, He's offering help. The word keep is emphasised. Verse three, He who keeps you. Verse four, He who keeps Israel. Then three times in verse five, seven name the Lord is your keeper. The Lord will keep you. The Lord will keep. You're going out. You're coming in. Verse eight, repeated to break into our consciences whether we've kept it out deliberately to the huddles of heart, preferring to blame God for things, or
1: whether we've just been underestimating
0: the reality. For the tired ones, anxious ones, worrying ones, ever-analyzing ones. The Lord is your keeper. Life, new birth, born again life, a joyful, peaceful life, cannot be established and cannot progress, mature, without this knowledge. One dimension is treating the Lord, treating God as God. But to further help us to grasp this, verse five, The Lord is your keeper, the Lord is your shade of your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the by night. Recently in the Psalms, we've seen the Lord's face is shining upon us. Last week, we saw that we have God's right hand man, Jesus. And here are analogies of shade and shadow, of the sun and the moon. The more than protect, he also comforts. The Lord is as close to you as your shadow. He helps you. And he's now at your right hand. Whether you find yourself afraid, or fretting, or threatened by things of the day, or by the things that happen at night,
1: in the light of day, in the darkness of night, God
0: keeps you. That's the point, I think. And it's so celebrated in verse 7 the Lord will keep you, singular, talking about you, unwearing your clothes, in your seat this morning, keeping you from all evil. And this doesn't mean that we're spared going through suffering, we've had no experience of evil, but that ultimately he holds us through evil and beyond the curse of this broken world. Our home of righteousness is surely waiting for us in God's plan for those who love Him. Now, I made lots of mistakes as a boy, as a teenager, and as I shared this with my own teenagers, I would do things differently if I could talk to my younger self. But I made far more mistakes had God left me to myself, and had not verse 7 God kept me from evil, through many dangers, toils, and snares as a young Christian. I then made mistakes as a young Christian adult, and husband, and dad, but again, I would let Myself, I would have made far more worse mistakes. I'd have hurt myself and others much more had God not kept me from my own evils primarily, but also from the evils of countless others. Our keeper keeps much evil from us, and keeps us from much evil. He keeps your life physically, spiritually, in verse 8, forever. After all, God has already released us from the otherwise unstable grip of the evil one. He will keep you through and ultimately from all evil. And yes, look at the sweeping addition in verse 7. He will keep your life. More literally, he will keep your soul. The part of you that remains when everything else goes. And so we might be threatened by disease or circumstances, but our life, our souls, are not so vulnerable. You might mess up your exams. You might fail your peace test. You might miss out on the job. You might like someone and they don't like you back. You might be confused about who you are. Even still, he will keep your life. He will even keep your soul. Caring for your eternal soul is actually the heart of caring for you entirely. Our life starts there. As one theologian the soul keeping is the soul keeping. If the soul be kept, all is kept. Now I love the way Hebrews 13 draws that out. It says, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. Why? Because it continues, God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my Hope, but I will not give great news of Christmas is that Christians need fear no person and no thing. All those lines. It's why Christians sacrifice finances and times, and their time. It's why Christians go into the earth, nowhere villages, to share this good news, knowing they don't have to hold on to this life, but God holds on to them. That He's got our life. says God repeatedly through the scriptures through his children, his perfect love driving out all fear. The weak remain immortal and infinitely strong because we say, My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Be that well, himself came and took on flesh, the word in flesh and dwelt to us, and we've seen his glory. And so we look not only to the hills, but we look to this man's miracles, his sacrificial cross, the purchase of forgiveness, to make God our friends. We look to the resurrection as we raise our eyes, and the sky to which the Lord Jesus was ascended, saying death is not the end for him or for us. Assures us, as verse eight says, the Lord will keep you. your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Friends, if you were not to realize this morning if you've been resisting the help of the Lord in any way, if you've been choosing to do it alone through life, to depend on your own limited resources, to live with no assurance. Something that made us very aware of this keeping and very grateful. One night while we were living in Mongolia in our apartment there, just before dawn, one of the kids woke up and uh, was sick, and so Ashley gave some medicine uh, from the kitchen. Suddenly, a very dark, eerie feeling came over her. Uh, An inexplic- inexplicable fear was just coming across her. And at the same time, a song came into her mind. Many of you would know if you have been to Sunday school. And the presence of Jesus was with her as she sang Jesus, name above all names, beautiful Saviour, glorious Lord, Emmanuel, God is with us, blessed Redeemer, living Word. Her fears were quelled by the certainty of the risen Lord Jesus' presence with her. And in his kindness, the Lord was preparing Ashley for what was just about to happen. And so as Ashley was going back to bed, she saw the crash sheet There was a man standing right outside, out balcony window. And hearing Ashley's alarm and her call to the Lord Jesus, I've over to the window, just in time to see the man's boot race to keep the window in. He was startled. He jumped down to see that we were awake and ran away from our balcony never to return. We later reflected how kind it was for the Lord to intervene, but also to prepare, actually, for this encounter, to wake us ahead of an incident, and to leave us in no doubt that the Lord, who never sleeps or slumbers, is ever watching over us. He's doing the same preparing work for all of us now, Listening for whatever's coming tomorrow through Psalm 121. Our hope comes from the Lord, the Maker of heaven.